we've been walking through the book of um, Colossians and, and just uh, talking, pulling scriptures out of it. And it's four chapters, but there's a lot in it. And, and, and we're, just, we're not going verse by verse. We're just taking themes out of it and pulling it out over the last few uh, weeks. And today's message I've titled, I Pray. Everybody say, I Pray. So we have our iPhones, we have our iPads and our iPods and uh, all those type of things. And those things connect us to the world. They connect us to what's going on out uh, there. But when I pray, when I pray, it connects us to heaven. When I pray, it connects us to the great I am. And so, come on, that's good now. Come on. Uh, It connects us to the great I am. It connects us to heaven. And, and, and that's what I want to talk about today. How, I want to talk about prayer and the importance of it and give us a, a little bit of a challenge, I guess, uh, as a uh, church for that. It's interesting to me with what happened in France and Turkey over the last uh, uh, few days, but especially in France and Nice. Uh, uh, it, it wasn't soon after that happened that you started to see hashtags coming up and they, they would say the hashtag pray for Nice. Pray for Nice. And I think we should pray for Nice. Can I hear an amen to that? I mean, about four of you. Come on, there's a Pentecostal service there. Uh, We we should pray for Nice. It's right to pray for Nice. But one of the things I've, and I I think it's interesting also that the world out there in general looks at it and goes, man, we should pray when that type of stuff happens. We should pray. There's something in man. It doesn't matter whether they're believers or not believers. There's something in them that says we should pray for that. We should ask for somehow divine help for those matters. But I guess as believers, the challenge for us here as believers, as people who walk and and, and faith is is to not just be ones who who would say, I pray only when crisis develops or only when there's trouble brewing or only when there's situations uh, that are happening. Because if we're like that, we, we can start to treat God like we treat our lawyer. We only call him when we're in trouble. Can I hear an amen? And we don't want to be ones who would do that, you know, that you get, you get, I mean, none of you have ever been in trouble, but another church is, oh, they're bad. They go to the church, they say, you got one phone call. He's like, God, help me. We don't want to be like that. We need to understand as believers, prayer is to be a part of our Christian experience. It's to be a natural part, not a force. Well, I have to pray and I have to do it. No, it should be, I, I get to pray. I want to uh, do it. I get to connect with, with the God of heaven. And so that's what I want to talk a little bit about today. And, 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 and we, 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 as Christians here, we, we all desire to connect with him. But the challenge is, as a Christian, we probably know prayer is a big thing. But we, we, we all know we should pray. But I'm guessing, I'm asking the questions, do I pray? Do I pray? Do we do it? We know we should. We know it's important. But do I pray? And so the book of Colossians that we've been walking through has a lot to say on prayer. And in fact, Paul begins the book by saying this in Colossians 1 verse 3. He says, we always, everybody say always. Come on, say it like you believe it now. We always, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. We always thank God. What do you thank him for? Do you thank him? When stuff goes wrong, when stuff doesn't work out, is there an, a, a thing of thankfulness in our heart? What do you always do? What are you always drawn to? Paul says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Notice here, when he talks about prayer, he doesn't say, if we pray for you. He says, when 
we pray for you. It's not if, it's when we pray for you. It's not an optional extra, but again, should be a natural part of our Christian experience. Not if, but when. In fact, in Colossians, just uh, uh, 1 verse 9, just a few verses down, he says this, Paul says this, we have not stopped praying. And our prayers for you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually, that means we, we, we never stop. We're always doing this. We continually ask God to fill you with knowledge. Sometimes people say, what do I pray? I don't know what to pray. Pray the scriptures. If you're asking God, what do I, what do I pray? Pray this. If you, what do I pray for people? We'll pray what Paul prayed. God, I just pray that, they would, that you would fill them with knowledge. God, I pray for that person. I pray that you would fill them today with your spirit. Fill them, oh God. Fill them with the knowledge of his will. God, you know your will is. Let us know. Father God, here on earth what thy will is through all wisdom. Lord, give us wisdom. Your word says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. So Lord, give us wisdom. We can pray through the scriptures. Lord, give us understanding. Your spirit, the word says, gives it to us. So God, we pray for that situation. Give us understanding. Give us wisdom. Give us, help us in those things. We can pray through the scriptures. We've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. And then he says, why pray this in verse 10? Why pray this? He says, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit. Why do we pray? Because we want to see lives that bear fruit. Many Christians are faithful, but not necessarily fruitful. So we want to be a fruitful people so we can, we, we can see our lives, that we might live a life worthy of this great calling that we have received and be a fruitful people, bearing, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in knowledge. We, we pray that we might grow in the ways of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might so that you may have great endurance. Oh, how many times do we need great endurance? In situations that we go through, and pain that we go through, and difficulties that we go through. God, give us great endurance and patience. Anybody ever pray for patience here? Come on, give me a show of hands. I know, ever had difficult people that you, come on, show me again. You've had difficult people, uh, you're sitting next to them right now. No, 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 don't answer that question. I mean, we've all, all had that prayer, Lord, give me pay, uh, patience. And of course, to do that, he gives people that will cause you to need patience. But the book starts, Colossians starts and finishes, talking on prayer by Colossians 4.2. Uh, Paul says this, devote yourself to prayer being watchful and thankful and pray for us too. And so he's saying in chapter one, he's like, I'm praying for you. But uh, by chapter four, he's saying, make sure you pray for me. We're going to make sure that we pray for one another. Sometimes I go and as I travel, uh, people will say, say to me, oh, pastor, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, obviously people want, uh, want to do that. They'll say, oh, can you pray for my ministry? Pray for my thing. Especially as I travel over in India, that's a common thing. Oh, pastor, please pray for my ministry. Please pray for what I'm doing. I was like, well, hang on, hang on, mate. Why don't you stop? Will you please pray for me? Why don't you pray for my ministry? Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, again, people are wanting us. We've got to make sure that we're ones who pray for one another. Tap your neighbor and say, "Good preaching, good preaching by Pastor right there." Good preaching. We're going we're to make sure that we pray for one another. Now, I don't feel ready today to give you a theology lesson on prayer. 
But I want to, I've done that before. I want, what I want to do today is just really tell you uh, uh, from what I've experienced personally as I've prayed. Even just for the last few days, we've been gathering, as you know, uh, uh, for now I think it's 17 days. Is it the 17th today? I'm not sure. But, but yeah, so, so uh, uh, 17 days so far. We're just getting up in the morning, 6 o'clock, and we're just going and praying. And a few people are gathering uh, there with us, and 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 no, and all I'm doing is having my quiet time there. I'm not going. I'm not going there to pray about stuff, although we do pray about stuff. I'm not going there to pray for something, although we do pray for something. I'm, 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 I'm just going there to seek God and see what He says and see what happens. I, I think that's important. Matthew six, thirty three says this: Seek first. Everybody say, Seek first. What are you seeking first? What are you seeking first? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other stuff that you're worried about and stressed out about and, man, just wondering how you're going to get through it. And all the other stuff will be added unto you. Understand this, when I'm coming into that place, I'm not seeking him for what he can do. I'm seeking him for who he is and just uh, for who he is. Sometimes we'll seek God for the breakthrough, and I think it's good to pray for breakthrough. We did it today. We're praying breakthrough prayers. But ultimately, breakthrough is just the outcome of a prayer after seeking after him. As we go after him, he will bring the breakthrough that we need in our lives. If we only pray to get a breakthrough... That's like praying to our lawyer. If we only pray to get, get that release of something, we're, 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 we're doing it like it's magic. We need to, the object of our prayer needs to be the master. It needs to be the author of our faith. We need to seek after him. The Bible says, seek him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Proverbs 8 verse 17 says, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Friend, if you can say, man, I don't know where God is sometimes. I don't know. Well, it says if you diligently seek him, diligently, diligently, everybody say diligently. Uh, just not haphazardly, not hit and miss. If you did diligently seek him, you will find him. And I was up at Shout Conference uh, this week. I heard a cool little story or illustration that, that I thought, oh, that, that fits exactly into what I was going to say. And he the speaker was talking about hide and seek, and like when you're kids, when you're kids, you have a different view of hide and seek than when you're a dad with doing it with your kids. Like when you're a kid, how many here have played hide and seek and want to admit it? Okay, about the rest of you are liars. I mean, the, the reality is we've all played hide and seek at some, uh, some of you are hiding there, ducking him down by your seat, but the, we've all played it. We've all played it. But when you're kids, the goal of hide and seek is I don't want to be found. I'm going to do whatever it takes. You are not going to find me. I mean, I don't know about you, but I thought I was like a super-duper hider-hider. It's a little bit harder for me to hide, uh, uh, hide now. I've got to find bigger couches to get behind. But, but uh, that was a joke. You can laugh. <laughs> was it? Uh, no. They, they, but but, but when, when, when I was a kid, the object was if you were found like that was like real dumb. I mean, yeah, but if I could find a place where I could hide and like an hour later they're going, I don't know, he's gone. I mean, he's just, he's just hiding. I'm sitting there going, <laughs> uh, they can't find me and, and, and that type of thing. That was like for a kid, that's the object. But sometimes that's how we look at God as well. We think God's hiding from us and, and we just can't find, because how many know God, if he wanted to hide him, say he's a real good hider. He's like the hider of hiders. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords and the hider of hiders if he wanted to hide. But see, as a father, and God is a father, the difference is as the kids are growing up, 
I didn't want to, I, I hid so I could be found. I hid so they could seek me and they could find me. And so when the kids, they, they, they're like, Daddy, you know, Gia, when she's a little, uh, little girl and, and Grace and Reuben, they go, okay, let's play hide and seek. It's going to be so fun and we're going to do that now. And I go, okay, I'm going to hide, kids. Count to 10 and you know what they're doing. They're like, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, trying to find out. But I, I, I will go and find a place. I won't, I won't be trying to find a place where they'll never find me three hours later daddy <laughs> daddy where are you i mean no, no, i'm gonna I, i'm gonna find a place where they can find me because that from a father's perspective i have a different thing i'm i'm hiding that i might be found i'm that they might seek and they might find me and so when you're hiding you're, you you might hide like this you might, you might be hiding so they go, oh, there he is, there's daddy, there's daddy. Friends, we've got to understand that's how God looks for us. He, if we would seek him, those who diligently seek him will find him. They'll find him. You will find him. And so we're in those places just seeking, seeking God that we, we, we might find him. And it's pretty important. And all we want to do is to chase after him, to, uh, to pursue him. Right now, there's a craze sweeping right across the world, isn't it? And everyone's jumping in their cars and getting on their phone. Come on, son, you know it now. It's called Pokemon. I don't know if it's Demon. No, I don't know Pokemon. No, 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 I didn't say that. No, it's all right. It's all right. But, uh, but, but there's this craze out there, and everybody's chasing after these little creatures. I think there's some in the church car park even right now. But I don't, I don't know. They're, they're, they'll be chasing those Pokemon things all over the place. Man, if only we had the same hunger to chase after God. That's the way to chase after uh, Pokemon. If only we'd be ready to get in our car and drive no matter how. Uh, how. Come on, I'm preaching good this morning. Lord Jesus. <laughs> some of you are wiping it off your phones right now. Amen. Imagine if we, <laughs> Chris is like, oh, I never got a shot, man. He's trying to get his phone. I mean, he was so desperate. He was putting it on the phone. Anyone I want to sell? He's selling his motorbike so he can get the phone now. <laughs> oh, right now. <laughs> this message is for you. No. <laughs> oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. If only we would seek God like people are seeking Pokemon. All over the place. They've fallen into gutters because they're like, where are they? Where are they? Oh, Maybe we would chase after God. Maybe we'd seek Him first. What do you seek first? What do you seek first? In the morning, how many likes did I get on my post I put last night? I don't know. I haven't checked it yet. Uh, what, what, what do we seek? Are you, what are you seeking? Seeking first. Good preaching, Adam. Thank you. So I, I, I really want to talk about how prayer has affected me. Rather than theology, I want to talk about how, how gathering together, even over these last few days, I've sort of analyzed it and gone, how has prayer affected me? How has this experience affected me? What have I noticed? And here it is. Here's what I've noticed. Number one, strength has increased. Not physical strength, because I'm incredibly strong. You can tell with a body, you can have a body like this if you're not careful. But the, the, the thing is, not physical strength, but spiritual strength. Spiritual strength has increased. I've noticed that. I've, I, I, I've, I've noticed that I feel stronger. I notice that my mind is clear. It's not saying I'm not tired because we're getting up early. We're getting up early. 
But, but I've, I've noticed in my being, I've noticed in my uh, core, that, that just in my spirit, in my soul, that, that there is a strengthening there, that it's clearer, that I feel, uh, I feel like more grounded, more uh, empowered, uh, b- balanced. I feel uh, calmer, not calmer, you know, but uh, calmer, just to get that right. <laughs> I, I feel calm, I feel more prepared, more set. For the day, my strength has increased. And that, that really wasn't a surprise to me. Isaiah 30, 40 verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will renew their strength. They shall mount up wings like eagles. and They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So, I, so there's an increasing of strength. I've noticed that in, inside. And if I talk with others, I know they would say that, uh, say that too, that they, they would say that my strength, my inner, uh, inner being has, has strengthened. The second thing I've noticed is, is that I've been moved with compassion. I've been moved with compassion. Uh, getting God's heart. I found myself, especially on the first day, weeping for lost people. I don't go around crying a lot much at all, really. I mean, I, I find myself crying out and crying. I, I remember uh, in that prayer meeting, it's us walking around, just different names of uh, different ones who, who had backslidden and, and just fallen away from God. And I just found myself weeping uh, over them, not because I'm sad, but I just felt the move of God touch my, my spirit. And God's heart for those people was, uh, was like at work uh, through, through me. And I, I, I began to weep and I began to cry out. In fact, I was crying so much. I went to read, I thought, I thought I'll read the scripture. And I stood up and all my glasses were fogged up because I was weeping God was moving on my heart so I found him moving on my spirit in that way that my compassion has in, has increased someone said compassion is what makes a person feel pain when someone else hurts and, and that's what I felt I felt God's heart for the lost, I felt God's heart for uh, for that. And I, I know Jesus wept, and uh, it's the shortest verse in the Bible. If anyone asks you, you want to do a Bible quiz, what's the shortest verse in the Bible? Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse. You know it now. Don't forget it. Jesus wept. Jesus wept, but he wept on two occasions. One was in Lazarus, and another time was when he came into Jerusalem. And Luke 19, verse 41 says, As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. When was the last time we wept over our city? When was the last time we wept over the lostness of people? When was the last time? Come on, I'm just challenging us here today. We're all, we're all mature. When was the last time that we cried out for the heartache and the pain and the stuff that's in our cities? When was the last time we really cried out and said, God, move our situation? He filled us with compassion. So I've noticed that prayer does that. It tends to make our hearts softer, our stony heart, our hard heart. It, it tends to... It tends to soften it. I've noticed that, that as I've prayed, even over these days, it's done that even more. The third thing I've noticed is it's increased the sense of His presence. It's increased the sense of His presence. And, and this is not necessarily something I have noticed. I'm just, I'm just not walking out going, oh, look at the presence. I mean, it's just, woo, hallelujah. I, I haven't noticed that other people have said that. 
just in the uh, certain rooms where we've been praying, they're like, wow, so we have a sense of some, uh, some God's doing something here. Even in our Empower um, uh, Holy Spirit night that we had, uh, we had a meeting after the meeting. We saw, saw some deliverance take place and some uh, just stuff happen and, and just people set free because, uh, hey, man, how many know we're in the freedom business? We want to see lives changed and uh, turned around. But there was a great sense of His, of his presence that His his power at work. And sometimes we don't notice that. And sometimes I think in church, we can get too familiar with what God has done in our lives. Yeah. And we can turn up every week and go, oh, we're just doing this. It doesn't make, but I want to tell you for the lost and the lonely that are out there where nobody calls them. I was watching a thing, man, it was sad the other day of an elderly um, uh, couple and they have, they have to have call centers now in the UK that help that elderly people can ring because no one rings them. No one talks to them. No one. Uh, this is why, can I just say, it's so important for you to look out for visitors that are in here. When you come to church every Sunday, don't just, just uh, don't think the pastors are going to do it. Because I do do it. I'll be looking around. I'll be trying to spot people. But it's every single one of ours responsibility to look out for the new thing. Because you're a believer. You're, a pre- you're part of the priesthood. Come on, good place to say amen. Good preaching. Thank you, preacher. Uh, it, it, it really is. I want to really challenge you. To, as, uh, we're, we're called Connect Church because we desire to connect people. Connect people to God, connect people to their destiny, but we also want to connect people to each other. We do connect groups to connect. And it's really hard for me if I stand there and I'm, I'm watching someone standing in the room, you know, it's like, and, and nobody talks to them. Friends, can I encourage you? Don't wait for somebody else to do it. You do it. Tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. I think it's you he's talking about. Come on. I think it must be. Come on. You can do it now. Let's, let, let's reach out and make sure we can allow God's heart for those people. You don't know how they ended up in church today. You don't know what situation they're going for. Let God's heart. But what I've noticed is that God has increased my compassion, increased my heart for, uh, for people. And it's increased the sense of His presence. And here's the thing. When, when we pray, prayer has the ability to shift atmospheres. It really does. It has the ability to shift an atmosphere, to, 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 to uh, uh, change how a place feels and what, it, what, it, uh, what God is at work in it. And Matthew 18, verse 20, you know it very well. It says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And uh, can I just say that someone prayed it this morning at the prayer meeting. Someone said this, we're not just looking for a visitation. We're looking for a habitation. We're looking for God to just come and, and, and to be here in all His fullness and, and, and to, to remain here. That every, pla- every place, every service, lives are being touched and changed. Number four, the next thing I've noticed as I've prayed is He speaks. He speaks. And He's still speaking. He, he didn't just speak 2,000 years ago. He's still speaking today. I preached in Nelson last week. In fact, Pastor Helen's speaking there right right now, but I, I preached in Nelson last week, and one of the things I preached basically was the fact that as I was in the prayer meeting the week before, I felt God speak to me through a scripture, and so I was like, no, I'm to preach that in Nelson, and so I hadn't preached it here. I haven't ever, ever as far as I remember, preached on that, but, but as I looked at that, I felt, no, that's what I'm to, to preach in Nelson, and, and, and I was just obedient to that. I didn't have all my notes, but I felt that was what I was to do and was obedient to that, and praise God, we saw people get saved. A, a chef that was, had just come in, first-time visited church, gave his heart to uh, Jesus. That's what I love. That's what, we, that's what we do this for. We're not doing this to feel warm fuzzies or whatever. We're seeing this to change people's lives, but he speaks. 
I'd taken a sheet down of promises uh, uh, of what, what um, just a sheet that I give uh, to uh, different people from time to time. I'd take it down. And I was going to preach out of that as part of the message. And I got up and because we're praying, I'd done that also. And now um, uh, they were praying up here. And so I got up down in Nelson nice and early and was uh, praying in my hotel room there. And then I went out afterwards and uh, to the restaurant. And of course, it was so early. It was so early that I, the lady was like, what are you doing up so early? I'm like, I'm going to church. I'm going to church. I'll be speaking at a church today. And she's like, oh, I know a lot about the churches in Nelson. I know uh, a lot about it, but I just can't get there because of work. And, and uh, we were talking anyway. Some other customers came in, and she had to serve them and look after uh, them. And so I went back to my hotel room, and as I'm there, I felt that sheet of promises, you ought to go and give it to her. So I'll oh, get behind me, Satan. No, no, no. Well, so it was I. That sheet of promises, you are... Uh, to go and give it to her. And I said, oh man, I don't know if I have time. I don't know. So I went down, I could feel it. You know, you, how many have had this? Feel? You know, your heart's, heart's going, you got to do it. And so, so I, I put those she- that sheet and uh, I was waiting for someone to pick me up. They weren't coming, they were late. And so I thought, no, I really need to go and do this. And so I went to the restaurant and as I came in, she was standing there looking straight at me. I went up to her and I said, well, look, here's, I just feel to give you this. I was just praying and I just feel to give you this. She she broke down and cried, fell on the floor, the holy, no, she didn't, she didn't do that, okay, oh, you know, it would have been cool if she did, but she didn't, but she said, thank you so much, thank you for taking the time and giving that, she said, I will read this, I will read this, and she was like real hungry for it, I thought, it's just those simple things like that, he speaks today, he speaks today, that's what I've noticed in prayer, if, as we pray, he speaks, and here it is, number five, he also answers, He also answers. He also answers. Last week at Encounter Night, the Holy Spirit was moving. And one of the things that Pastor Stephen did in the midst of the meeting was to to say, well, I want different ones to get a word and go to different people and just speak a word of whatever it is. And so actually people went out and they started doing that. And uh, that was kind of cool. And they went out and spoke to different ones. Pastor Helen, she, she went around and she spoke, gave someone a word. And as she was walking back to, to the front, if those of you who were there will know that she didn't come back on stage. And I was like, where is she? What, what had happened? And so as she walked past this lady who was standing there, she felt God say, go and tell her that, that God wants to give you a, a, a big bunch of flowers. He loves you and just wants to give you a big bunch of flowers. And so Helen's like, okay, it's kind of weird, but I'll go and do it. And she went up and, and said to this lady, hey, God wants you to know he loves you and he's got a big bunch of flowers for you. She burst, down, uh, burst out crying and was just uh, weeping. And Helen said to her, how long have you been coming to the church? And uh, she said, I've never come to church. I've just come tonight. I've just walked in off the street. I've been, uh, I think she'd had a fight with her partner or whatever and ended up, found herself in the church car park, just sitting in her car. And of course, all the cars turn up and she sees there's a meeting going on. And of course, we don't have a meeting. Isn't that amazing how God orchestrates that type of stuff? She hears the music. She comes in. She hasn't been to church before. She's standing there and God, the God of heaven, thank you, Jesus, gives her a word that, you know, she's standing there in the midst of her need and, and that place. But here's the cool thing. As they began to speak, they began to speak she said oh I met someone from the church a few weeks ago see I was standing at a bus stop it was raining and I had my disabled son I couldn't get 
get him at the car, I'd miss the bus, I'd, you know, basically I'd miss the bus and the bus is gone. And so this person from our church, she's in the service right now, drove past, saw him, felt God say, go, no, you've got to do something, go and help that person out. So they stopped and they said, hey, can I give you a lift? Can I give you a lift? And she was like, oh, is that all right? Said, well, I'm on my way to work, but I can give you a lift. Where have you got to go? I'll take you to, uh, take you to school. And uh, uh, she's like, oh, thank you so much. We've missed the bus. And got it. she got that and did that and uh, uh, took her to school. And as they're driving, the lady said, oh, you're, you're going to be late for work. And that person said, uh, uh, said, oh, don't worry, my boss won't mind because I'm such a nice boss. That's just, how I, that's just how I am. My boss won't mind. He would rather I be doing this. And so anyway, it was staff meeting that day. That particular staff member comes in and goes, look, I'm sorry. Hey, here's what happened. I was passing the bus stop. I just felt uh, I needed to uh, go and help that person. So that's why I did. And that's why I'm late for staff meeting. And so we, we said right there and then, well, why don't we just pray for that woman right now and pray that God would one day bring her into the house of God. Why don't we stop and pray? And so here she was all those weeks later after that pray, standing in the, in the house of God and somebody gets a word. How many know God answers prayer. God answers prayer. He's alive and he's moving and he's active. I don't know about you, but we can give God a better praise than that, I think. I, I love it when that stuff happens. I love it. And, and, and here's what you got to know. He didn't use a fancy pastor. He didn't use a, uh, anyone. He just used a pe people, people like all of us to reach out and to make a difference. That's why we've got to be so ready to hear his voice. And allow him to speak and obey. You never know what God is going to do. And if you're here today, if that woman is here today, I don't know if you're here today, but if you are, I pray God would encounter you today in a fresh and a real and a living way. Because you're not here by accident, but by divine purpose. God is calling you. He calls us. And as He called me, He will call you. Hallelujah. He answers. And here's what it says in Matthew 7, verse 9. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We need to ask him and understand that he answers. Somebody say amen. He answers. Hallelujah. I pray I pray and it connects us to the I am you know Jesus we know he had a place and a time and a plan to meet with God and to to pray I don't have time for all of that to get into it but I will say this about the time that God did that. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35, it says this, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Like I said before, what do you seek first? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. What do you seek first? Social media, Facebook, what do you seek first in the morning? Pastor Andre from 
Africa who was speaking at our conference. I was reading one of his books and he, he, he just said this. He, he said, if I don't put him first, I usually don't put him anywhere. If I don't put him first, I usually don't put him anywhere. How many love old school gospel? Anyone love old school gospel here? Some people say, oh, I love old school gospel. They used to say it like it is. They say it like it is. I found this old school gospel quote about prayer by Bishop Joseph Hall, old time preacher. And he said this, and it's like, oh, it's just not for the faint hearted. He says this, listen. He says, Satan rocks the cradle when we sleep through our devotions. Rock-a-bye, baby. Satan rocks the cradle when we sleep through our devotions. Wow. How many still love old school gospel? Dennis Willard said, few people arise in the morning as hungry for God as they are for cornflakes or toast and eggs. Friends, I don't want to guilt us into praying. I want us to pray because we want to, because we, because we love to, because we love Him. Old school say guilt works. And just if you can make, I'm not interested in guilt. I'm interested in knowing that if you pray, He will strengthen you. If you pray, His presence will increase. If you, if you pray, He will speak. If you pray, He will answer. If you pray, things will change. Colossians 4.2 ends with devote yourselves to prayer so we all can say I pray so we all can say I pray is that okay? little challenge to you today I know there'll be ones here who step it up. And here's the thing. Some will go, right, I'm going to get up at five o'clock every morning now. I'm going to do this. No, no, no. It might need just be five minutes or whatever. But just can I just say, put him first in the morning. Put him first in the first place. When a Jewish man wakes up, he first thing he does, hero Israel. The Lord thy God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind, with all thy strength. And the last thing they do before they go to sleep, they'll say the Shema all over again. God at the first, God at the last. He covers all of our days. Let Him cover our days and let it be said that I pray. I pray. That it would connect us to the I am. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Before we finish this meeting today and you sign up for 20 connect groups or whatever you've got to do, I want to ask you here today, is there anybody here who, would, who knows you're not right with God? You know you're